This is Endourology Sound Bites, a new podcast series from the publisher of the Journal of Endourology and Video Urology, in cooperation with the Endourological Society. This series is brought to you by Richard Wolf, a global leader in endoscopy since 1906. Richard Wolf delivers solutions that are improving patient outcomes and shaping the future of minimally invasive surgery. For more information, please visit richardwolfusa.com. Hello, this is Brian Metlaga, the Associate Director of Education for the Endourological Society, and I'd like to welcome you to our next edition of the Endourology Soundbites program sponsored by Richard Wolf. In this installment, Dr. Nicole Miller from Vanderbilt University will discuss the homium laser enucleation of the prostate procedure and what is holding it back from becoming the preferred treatment for men with symptomatic enlarged prostates. Hello, my name is Nicole Miller. I'm an associate professor of urology at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, um, and I've been asked to discuss with you today the topic of what is holding back Holman laser enucleation of the prostate, or HOLIP. The question is a good one. As physicians, we've been taught to practice evidence-based medicine. The evidence is clear. Holman laser enucleation of the prostate, or HOLIP, is a size-independent treatment for men with benign prostatic obstruction and lower urinary tract symptoms. This recommendation is from the 2018 American Urological Association Guidelines for the Management of BPH and Lower Urinary Tract Symptoms. These guidelines are developed by comprehensive review of the literature, meta-analysis, and categorization of the quality of the evidence. So, for just a minute, let's examine the evidence. There are 15 published randomized controlled trials comparing HOLIP to established BPH therapies, including monopolar and bipolar transurethral resection of the prostate, open simple prostatectomy, and photovaporization of the prostate. TERP has long been hailed as the gold standard treatment by which the efficacy of new therapies is judged. In a recent meta-analysis by Cornu and colleagues, HOLIP was compared to TERP using data derived from six independent studies containing 570 patients. HOLIP was associated with a significantly shorter catheterization time, shorter length of hospital stay, fewer immediate complications, and no blood transfusions. At one-year follow-up, efficacy analyses revealed better results for HOLIP compared with TERP in terms of IPSS, QMAX, and post-void residual, although the quality of life scores were similar. In addition, two studies with long-term follow-up to eight years demonstrated more durable outcomes for HOLIP than TERP. HOLIP has also been compared in randomized control trials to open simple prostatectomy. I would argue it's the only therapy that can be simultaneously compared to TERP and open prostatectomy. Again, emphasizing the versatility of the operation and outcomes independent of prostate size. Three randomized controlled trials compared HOLIP and open prostatectomy for prostates greater than 100 cc's. While HOLIP was found to have slightly longer operative time, roughly 25 minutes, it was associated with a shorter catheterization time, a mean of four days less for HOLIP, a shorter hospital stay, a mean of 4.3 days longer for open prostatectomy, and much lower risk of perioperative blood transfusion. In fact, the relative risk of needing a blood transfusion for open prostatectomy was six times that of HOLIP. The clinical efficacy and long-term complications were comparable for both HOLIP and open prostatectomy. 
In addition to comparisons with existing therapies, HOLD has also been studied in a variety of unique clinical situations. Our research group at Vanderbilt University, as well as others, have shown the efficacy of HOLD in patients with urinary retention, non-neurogenic bladder dysfunction, as a retreatment after prior failed BPH therapy, and for high-risk patients on antiplatelet and anticoagulant medications. It's simple. The outcomes of HOLIP are predictable and durable. So I'll reiterate, the evidence is clear. There is compelling data to support endoscopic enucleation as the new gold standard for surgical BPH. But in 2014, HOLIP accounted for only 4% of all BPH cases performed in the United States. If we are truly urologists that practice evidence-based medicine, why are more of us not offering this treatment to our patients? Or said another way, as my patients typically ask me in the office, HOLIP is better. Why isn't everyone doing it? I wish I had a simple answer for them, but I will attempt to lay out for you what I think the obstacles of HOLIP adoption have been. The most obvious answer and the one most commonly cited is the learning curve. It is true that HOLIP is perhaps a more technically challenging operation to master as it requires a greater appreciation of 3D anatomy, utilizes complex endoscopic movements such as simultaneous use of the laser and retraction of the resectoscope. However, visualization tends to be better due to less bleeding and greater image magnification. Studies examining the learning curve for HOLD have suggested 20 cases are required to achieve basic competence. I think the best approach to overcoming the learning curve is a combination of analytical observation, learning parts of the case in a stepwise fashion, and being mentored by a urologist experience in the technique. However, it is important to point out that skills in many other types of surgery have been taught using simulators and new teaching platforms. For example, researchers in biomedical engineering and urology at Vanderbilt University have reimagined BPH surgery by developing a novel transurethral robot that utilizes concentric tube robotic arms to overcome the limitations of standard rigid endoscopy. Interestingly, when robotic radical prostatectomy was first introduced as a treatment for prostate cancer, the same concerns regarding a steep learning curve and patient safety were voiced. Now, robotic radical prostatectomy is considered the standard of care for surgical treatment of prostate cancer, and there's significantly less data demonstrating the superiority of this technique over its open counterpart. So why is radical robotic prostatectomy a winner and HOLIP is held back? It must be more than just the learning curve. To adopt a new technique, there must be incentive to do so. Incentives can come in many forms, such as patient demand, market forces, increased reimbursement, improved outcomes, or greater efficiency. A major difference between prostate cancer and BPH are the number of surgical therapies deemed acceptable. We don't judge treatments for benign disease with the same vigor as we do for malignancy. In addition, we're willing to readily accept short-term outcomes as evidence for adopting a new PPH therapy. This is further complicated by the fact that industry, whose job it is to make money from new technology, has the ability to market directly to the physician and consumer. They will readily embrace and, in my opinion, overstate the short-term outcomes in an effort to sell the newest product. 
A fine example of this is microwave therapy for BPH. Once all the rage, and now in less than 10 years, has died on the vine due to poor durability and long-term outcomes. This is not to suggest that as urologists, we are just mindless drones that don't consider at all the evidence. It's clearly more complicated than that. While HOLUP may be poorly adopted in the United States, this is not true worldwide. In fact, there is a global trend toward endoscopic enucleation, irrespective of the energy source utilized. HOLUP, SULUP, GREENLIP. This is in recognition of the fact that complete removal of the transitional zone of the prostate is what matters. The long-term durability of HOLUP has significant value in a single-payer reimbursement system or public health service, as is seen in countries around the world. In the United States, we work under a flawed reimbursement system. We are compensated based on the volume of cases we perform rather than quality of our outcomes. It seems logical that a procedure that demonstrates clinical superiority long-term durability, and requires advanced surgical skill should be compensated at a higher level, but that is not what happens in our payer system. On the contrary, we are incentivized to offer procedures that are fast and can be performed in the outpatient setting. If we take it one step further and consider personal investment in the technology we are offering, it's even more complicated. Once our practice or institution invests capital and technology, they want to see it utilized. After all, healthcare is a business, and at the end of the day, this new technology needs to pay for itself to be viable. An example of this is the introduction of robotic simple prostatectomy. Rather than learn a new procedure like HOLIP, urologists are utilizing their existing robotic skills, ones they were forced by the market to acquire while simultaneously serving their institutions by using the million-dollar robot. Few studies have compared HOLIP to robotic simple prostatectomy, but the benefits of natural orifice surgery over one that requires an incision seems obvious. Perhaps another example of a technology looking for an operation. While the learning curve, marketing, robotic technology, and a flawed reimbursement system may all be holding HOLIP back, there is one group who is not, the patients. As patients have become more savvy consumers, we are seeing the demand for HOLIP increase. Patients are now willing to seek out urologists to perform HOLIP at specialty centers across the United States and travel great distances for these superior outcomes demonstrated in the literature. Sure, there are some patients who read the literature, individually assess the evidence, and compare treatments, but I suspect this is a less common practice. While we read the evidence, the patients more readily rely on each other personal testimonials of those who have undergone HOLIP. It is these experiences shared on social media, blogs, and internet forums that are driving the recent demand for HOLIP. In the end, this is perhaps the greatest illustration of how the outcomes speak for themselves. All of the obstacles holding HOLIP back can be overcome. The question is whether the incentive will ever be there to do so.